Okay, welcome guys. I'm trying something new here on the Blue Planet show. We're going to play a video that this is video I shot over the last couple of weeks with the drone of my friends here on Oahu. And we're going to watch it together and moderate it or to do a little voiceover, talk about what's going on and try to give you some pointers and beginner tips, more advanced tips, any kind of equipment tips we have. And then the conditions are pretty similar in all the three different days, but the conditions are always like between, I would say between 10 to 20 knots about pretty, some lighter moments probably, but pretty decent wind on those days. I'm going to introduce myself first and then we'll go around. Everybody just introduce yourselves. So my name is Robert Stelic. And one thing I love about wing foiling is just the community. Like people are so welcoming and friendly. I love that. Hi, my name is Jason. One thing I love about wing foiling is having that freedom and not being able to paddle back to the lineup. So that's one thing I enjoy. Hi, my name is Daniel Kahanui. One thing I like about wind foiling is um, sharing it with a bunch of friends out in the water and running away from the crowd and keep we keep pushing each other every single day. Nice. Jeff? Two things I love about wing foiling. So I like going in and out of the surf, riding waves. And then I also like trying new things. And that's what I like about our group is everyone's always trying new tricks and things. And that's what makes it interesting. So um, those are the two things I like. Nice. Jed? Aloha, I am Jed. And what I love about wing foiling is zipping around when the prone foiler or prone surfers are just sitting there waiting for waves when we can actually see the waves and just stay on foil the whole time. It's just the best feeling. Yeah, it is an awesome feeling. I agree. <clears throat> so now, okay, so this is the first day out of three sessions that I was filming with a drone. And I'm going to start with Daniel, who's writing right here. Okay. So, um, Daniel, actually, tell us what gear you're using first. Right now I'm using a... Uh, 4-4 Magic Foil Board from Glenn Pang, who shapes Photonic Country. And I'm on a 72 centimeter mass Armstrong with a 1050 front wing and a flat tail wing in the back with a 50 fuse and zero shim. And a Armstrong A-foil a, a foil, uh, wing. 4-5 wing, right? Is yours yeah, 4-5. Yeah, 4.5. A win. Yeah. And this is one of your signature moves that are going backwinded. Yeah, sometimes I've been practicing it too, like going backwinding, like even when the wave is like breaking or steep, just to hook in like faster to just to get in, even in the pocket, like really quick. It um, seems like it's also a good way sometimes to turn around without getting like sometimes when you drive, it's easy to get backwinded if the wind is light. Yeah. Then by pulling in, your, by sheeting in the wing, you don't get she that backwinded. Yeah. Yeah. So off and on, a little bit, little small, but good practice. Yeah. yeah did nice a jump. 
Yeah. So my board is actually a 36 liter board. So it's small. It's almost like my prone board. Maybe just a tad bit, little more volume, like two inches, two, two more liters of volume. So it's not your prone board. For prone surfing, you use a different board. I use a 33 liter board. How do you like that wing, Daniel? That hand wing? Um, I like it. It's really powerful. Like I tried Ozone, Ensis. What else did I try? A wing ride. But I really like this one. The handles is rigid. And I felt that was important. Like before anybody came out with rigid handles. And right. As I talked to Robert recently, like Robert says um, that he likes his handles rigid also. So I think a lot of the companies been coming out with these rigid handles and I like it because it's like it's super strong. And then there's two different bladders to pump. So the, the boom and then the leading, the edge. Mm -hmm. so yeah, I have the Cabrina uh, X2 and those handles are a little bit floppy. Some people don't mind it, but uh, I don't prefer that. I, I actually prefer the boom. So I started on the Echo. And, and now I've got one of the slicks, which are pretty nice. Nice. Jeff, you, that was just you on the one video, but uh, you just got the new, um, the new Ensys V2 or the, the new, newest model. Yeah. So I was riding the original Ensys wing. And then I recently, a couple of days ago, I got the new score wing. So the, we put it on top of each other and they look exactly the same. So we didn't think there's going to be much difference, but there is quite a bit of difference. So it feels, it, although it's heavier, like a few ounces heavier because of the windows, it's actually has a lighter feel. So when you lift it off the water, when your water's starting, it pops off the water instantly. And then it feels tighter in your hands. Everything is similar to the F1 where they tightened everything up. It feels more responsive and more lively and especially when you're riding the wave when you go to luff it in the back it just you just throw it back there and it instantly just is in perfect position like the first ensis and a lot of the other wings you have to when you throw it back there you have to adjust it sometimes it wants to dip the front wants to dip down but this one you just throw it back and it's level perfect and it's pretty much effortless so it's a big improvement over the other one i think and so he basically tightened up the leech and then he flattened the profile so it's faster through the air. Those are the mm -hmm. two changes he made. And then the Leo is on that dart wing. Yeah. It looks like it, that one has so much V in it. Like it just looks, looks strange to me, that, that dart wing. But I think it, part of it is just kind of has a pointy tip too, right? Yeah, I think the design of that was not really in, intended for waves. It's more for jumping and tricks and back loops and front loops and that kind of thing. Right. So, and getting yeah. the air. Because when you put it on a wave, it, it wiggles a little bit. That's what Leo said too, that it, that's really good for jumping. And then here's Kaori, both Kaori and Jason. You are both on the Armstrong A-wings too. And Correct. Jason, you've been through a lot of different wings. You've tried a lot of different wings. So what do you like about the Armstrong that over the other ones you tried? I think my favorite thing about the Armstrong is the power that you get and how stiff it is. That day, I believe I was using a 5.5 and Kaudi was on a 4.5 A-wing. And I also like it for jumping as well, too. 
and, and it parks really well when you're actually on the wave and the wing tips are shorter so it doesn't touch the like the water surface as much even with the 5.5 i don't really have that much problems actually touching the water surface so that's the reason why i like that wing and it's it's so beefed up like the materials and everything that they put into it that's probably like one of the best ones that i i prep for me for my preference i like it yeah i've i tried it too and what i found that those the thing the wing tips are really thick and uh if, even if you do touch down with it it just seems like it, they, they just release really easily yeah it just feels like it just ricochets off the water which you know like colony and i actually found out but it's a little heavy but one thing that I do like about it as well, too, is the windows, like most brands you get out there, they don't, you're not able to fold the, the windows or crease it, where this one, you can actually fold it, which actually, like my wife and I, as soon as we're done, we just crinkle it up and just throw it in the bag and not having it tear and rip. It's kind of on what we're looking forward to, because we're not, like, as you see, like my wing hanging out on the hook over here. I know Jeff is probably looking at it. Or probably they'll do that. But yeah, that's something I like about the Armstrong stuff. It's built. Put a lot of thought into it. And so you were on a 5.5 five and, and was Daniel five. was on a 4.5. So there's quite a bit of difference in power, right? Between the 4.5 and the 5.5, five, or would you say? Yeah, I think I used the 5.5 five because I kind of like how it kind of umbrellas you down. Like I've been getting inspired by you, Jeff, and, and Daniel, of course, who's the leader in the jumping category right now. But I found like this one kind of lofts you down, like umbrellas you down a lot more. So it makes it easier on the knees. So that's why I like having a bigger kite out. And then also like getting the speed, it kind of powers you up really nice. It's easier to get going uh, when the wind's a little yeah. bit light, yeah. Yeah, because I fall a lot, so I want something to get me up easy, too. Because <laughs> I'm using such a small board. Like Daniel, I'm using a 4.4, and it's 22 wide, and it's like 45 liters. And I'm on an Armstrong 1250, and it's modified. I lost a little bit of width, um, not too much cord, but I've been experimenting with uh, my wings as well, too. But um, How did you yeah, modify so the 1250? So what I did was I kind of, I had a belt sander and I shaved off the wing tips. I felt like it was biting too much, like it was tracking a lot. Cause I like to actually want more of that prone feeling like when you're out in the surf. So I wanted something that actually would release like more from left to right when I'm doing like turns. I, I wanted that real loosey feeling. And I felt cutting the wing tips down and I got a, flying detail from Jeff, which actually I just love. I think it's just unreal. So that was Kaori, um, Jason's wife, who just did a jump. That was a nice jump. Nice Kaori. <laughs> she's <laughs> actually jumping pretty high nowadays. Kaori is too shy to be on the camera, so she's like just listening. Huh? But I feel like I got a good combination with me kind of modifying the wing. I got it to where... Did you, how did you modify the tail wing? So I actually, I took off the winglets. I felt like that was tracking a lot. So I took off the winglets and it made it more lively. More, it feels like it's more responsive. What about you, uh, Daniel? What tailwing are you using on your arm trunk setup? I'm using the 
the V tail, also the flying V with the tips on there. So just like stock. And I feel it works really good, but I also use this modified tail wing. It's a 12 inch flat tail wing and it feels real like loose and real like surfy feeling. So I kind of like that. That's the one that Nico made you the totally flat. Yeah. So flat Nico made support. down. Yeah. And it's really surfy. It can turn pretty much on a dime, but you need to really control it because it, it can slide out because it's small and flat but it's really carvy what length is your i think you said but what length is your fuselage my fuse is a 50 fuse and i'm using the 72 centimeter mass which is the 28 but are you using the same setup for wing foiling and for prone foiling and for prone that's pretty much all i use is this, the whole same setup for winging and proning and that's my favorite setup like all around Oh yeah, this is Derek. People always ask about that. Like he he has this long leash line attached to, <clears throat> to his wing and just kind of lets it out and, and flies it way above, which is pretty cool. But yeah, he couldn't make it. He's at Home Depot. But, but yeah, that Derek always comes up with cool new stuff and trying out things and being creative. But. That's probably the reason why he's probably at Home Depot. He's probably trying to figure out something to rig on top of his Oh brain. yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think he might actually be working because he's like winging all day long. So he has to work at night, <laughs> get some work. Oh. But Jeff, talk a little bit about your board. And I know you're like, you went from a big board to a smaller board and then back up to slightly more volume again, right? Yeah. In the learning, we went all the way from down to, from bigger boards. Like I think we started out 80, 90, 100. And then I went down to a 55 and I rode that for six or eight months. And then it's a custom Jimmy Lewis. So it's 4-6-22-55. And then winter came and we're up sailing the North Shore where the waves are really big and fast and the wind is fluky. So you have to start really quickly a lot of times before the sets come in. And that little board was sometimes hard to start right away. So I had Jimmy make me a, another bigger one, 65 liters. So it's 4 10 23 and a half. 65 and that one feels really comfortable it starts really quick and it i don't really feel the performance has gone down at all from the 55 liter board but the starting in when you need to start is really critical if i if the wind dies i still sink all the way up to my thighs but as long as there's a little wind you can keep going and it's a lot more comfortable than that little board so i'm pretty happy with that one now yeah I definitely like having a board that keep, keeps me more at the surface of the water instead of sinking way, starting way underwater. But Jason and Daniel, you both ride really small boards. So what's the reason? What, why, why do you take that compromise and just deal with the, the starting and light wind sometimes? And what, yeah, just why do you use the tiny boards? I've been changing it up. So I bring two boards now. I bring my 36 liter board the smaller like prone board for stronger winds. And I, I look at, I assess the conditions when I get there. And if it's spotty, like off and on, then I'll pull out my bigger board, which is a 54 liter board. And the reason being like, if there's waves, I'd rather be on my smaller board because it's more surfy. 
compared to the bigger boys, like a big long board. But learning five liters for most people is still pretty small. But yeah. <laughs> I guess for you, it is, feels big. Yeah, it just feels like a tank. But if you look at the good guys around the world, ridiculous, like Balls Mahler and his partner, he always wings with. And there's a bunch of guys. But when they practice in the lakes, they're not using small prone boards. They're using thicker boards. And the reason being is because when you do the tricks with those bigger boards, instead of landing, when you land, you won't sink. You can stay up on the water and still go, especially on the lighter wind condition. So I've been just figuring it out and assessing the conditions, see what the wind is doing. If it's strong and there's waves, then I'll, I'll pull out my small board and go for jumps and surf the waves and practice whatever tricks I've been practicing. And then my bigger board, like I'll go on the lighter wind days and, and practice everything that I do with my small board on the stronger wind days, but just with my bigger board. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I re just recently started pulling off the flakas. And I think in that move, especially because you can land it flat and you stop and then you restart. Yep. That's where I think having a higher volume board really helps a lot, I think. Keep, keeps you on the water, keep you afloat. Yeah, keeps get you from sinking. And so you, it's more likely that you'll pull it off and pull out of it. Then you can use a smaller wing too when you have a bigger board. And so when you're trying to, it's easier with that small wing to, to try and flip it around. Yeah, Robert and I, like the last few days, we've been trying to take out the tiny wings, even when the wind's light, because it's easier to just flip the wing all the way around. If, if it's smaller, it's a lot easier to try to, pull off with those kind of tricks yeah having a smaller wing I, I always try to use the smallest wing i can because just because it's so much easier to handle and stuff like that and i think i'd almost rather have a smaller wing than a smaller board but i guess yeah, it depends having a small lightweight board is nice too especially yeah, for jumping and spinning and that kind of stuff it's nice to have a smaller board yeah, and turning on the wave carving yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I think Daniel hit it right on the money when it comes to assessing the conditions. Myself too, I'm the same way when, if the winds are like cranking, then I'll bring out a smaller board. But one thing I, I made sure like all my boards actually have inserts so that I don't go out with, without my straps. So every board actually has straps now. And then of course, when it's lighter, then I'll bring out my 45 meter board. And my prone board is only like 34 and a half. And that's the only thing now too, is when I go out, I make sure I have the right wing. Of course, I, when I bring out my small prone board, I tend to use my bigger wing just so that I can get up out of the water quicker. And then when I ride my lighter or my bigger board, then I'll bring out a smaller wing. Like you folks, you try to get the smallest wing because when you're trying to do all these tricks, you want less material and weight. So yeah, I totally agree with more maneuverability. what everybody's saying, the smallest wing and assessing the conditions for sure yeah hey robert i may chime in for the mirror yeah. uh, mortals here this is uh jed dietrich i'm actually from buffalo new york so i was out in hawaii with you just to give us a background and you got some video of me later in the show here i appreciate you having me on but i'm like 100 kilograms about 220 pounds six foot five and i come from a windsurfing background and then kiting and then kite foiling uh, kite surfing 
And I think if you don't live in Hawaii, having a bigger board and having more stability can lead to foiling more and really having more fun. So again, I don't, I, I respect everything that you guys said and your skill set, but your physical bodies are different than my size. And I know you're a big guy, Roberts. I think some people might be watching this saying, I can't see myself ever on a 45 or 55 liter board. I think <laughs> the enjoyment of getting up on the foil and then surfing through smaller waves with a bigger board can still be just as much fun for folks that just aren't on the same level as you guys. I mean, you guys are all on such a high level that it's, it's amazingly impressive, but I think for the standard folks out there who are just getting into wing foiling, I, I think the bigger boards with more stability, more width, uh, bigger front wing help a lot. 100% agree, Jed. Yeah. And by the way, yeah, thanks for joining us from the East Coast. I think it's 3 a.m. for you and it's 9 p.m. for us in Hawaii. So we're just a little bit after dinner and you had to wake up in the middle of the night to join us. So appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you bringing me in on it. I was in Hawaii for two weeks, just a couple of days ago, and I met you, obviously, and I got one of your carver foil boards, 114 liters, and I was using that. I brought my hand wings, and I'm on an Armstrong setup. I've got a 2400 front wing and a 300 back wing, 72 centimeter uh, mast. So I've got the big guy setup, and I think the, the criticism of that setup is it's not as turny. You can't make uh, maneuvers. It's not as loose. But frankly, for someone my size and at my skill level, I'm having a great time. So I know I can go down like you guys to smaller things like the 232 uh, HS, which I have, and I've got an 1850 HS uh, front wing, again, the Armstrong stuff, and those are great. But if it's 10 to 20 or 10 to 15, and I can't get on foil. I just think about Rob no or Greg Nolan riding Giants, man. If you can't catch the wave, it means nothing. So if you can't get on foil, you're not having fun. So I go with the bigger gear and maybe I can't turn as much. My skill level continues to go up with the experience getting the mileage on the water. And then I'll go down to smaller stuff, just the way you guys have gone, even from 100 liters down to 55 liters. Yeah. And yeah, and starting on a big wing totally makes sense. Um, a big foil because it just allows you to start in lighter winds. You need less speed to get it going. And then also in a jibe or in a, in a transition, you just have way more time because even if you slow down a little bit, you can still recover and still pull out of it with the big foil. Yeah. And it, I would definitely say like when you're starting out, don't, don't start on a small foil or small thin foil. That's definitely something you want to leave for later. <laughs> And yeah. get a little bit better. What I find, find interesting too, I just wanted to mention is for us here on Oahu, it seems like all of, almost all of us in this crew, I think maybe except for Jeff, we always keep our feet in the same stance. We got, we all have foot straps. We have pretty small boards. When I see videos of other places, people are like either don't have foot straps or they have three foot straps and they always switch feet and they have bigger boards, wider boards, and then they always have bottom handles, which we don't. None of us has a handle on the bottom, really. Like <laughs> Things like that. It's interesting how, yeah, it's just like different people see different things as important or not important, just from what everybody else is using around them, I think. So that, how is it in Buffalo? What kind of equipment are people using on the lake there? As I mentioned before we started, we actually have a pretty good spot for kite surfing, windsurfing, because Buffalo is connected to Lake Erie and about 20 miles south of Lake Ontario. And uh, we can go, I've got about 40 different venues within 
between 45 minutes and an hour near my office. I'm actually a lawyer in Buffalo. I can get to a spot about 20 minutes away. So today, actually, I went there about 20 minutes away from my office. I worked until about two and there wasn't any wind and there was a little thermal that came in on the Niagara River. And in that scenario, when you're looking at eight miles an hour to 15 or 16, I do not want to be slogging around on like a 90 liter board. I mean, I've got a 90 liter 6.4 starboard 25 inch hyperfoil board, which just makes life so much harder for me. So what I prefer actually is a Jimmy Lewis. It's 114 liters. It's a flying V, which is a really nice board. It's it it will slog for me decently. And again, I'm I'm speaking windsurfer language, but I think that's the language that goes with the wing foiling because the crossover with the, the muscle memory from the windsurfing is just I've been windsurfing like 15 years. I, I windsurfed, I started windsurfing about 10 years old for in about 1980, 79. And then I kited uh in about 06 and for 15 years or whatever, 12 years. And and then this past year I switched over to wing foil. And the comparison between closing the gap with a wing foil uh, sail and a windsurfer, I think is just so similar. I'm, I'm probably speaking a language that any of the windsurfers, any of these guys here for windsurfers, that's the way it goes. So in Buffalo, the gear is a little bit bigger, although we've got some pretty pretty avid people. I got a, a good friend of mine who goes down to Jupiter, Florida, and he gets probably 50 or 60 days in the ocean down in Florida. So he is going towards smaller gear and the waves are bigger there. We get more flat water. I'm working on a foiling tax and things like that just because we don't have as much wave action. So that's why when I was in Hawaii, it's such a great time. So Dan, you want to tell the story that you told earlier about that, what happened at that spot today? <laughs> oh, so there was, <laughs> was like four or five of us out. At, and so we were winging and we're going in and out for an hour or so. And then we come to the inside reef where we jibe or tack to go back out. And we turn right by that reef. And our friend Todd Bradley says, Daniel, there's a big shark. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, it's eight feet. Just went under me. And I'm like on my little prone board and I'm like, Oh my God, should I just leave and go in? Cause I'm on the inside already, like just dig out. But I seen there was like four more people out there. And one of them was like Jason's wife, Cody. And there was like Nani, this girl Nani. And then there's this other kid, Keanu. And he was a young kid. So I just was screaming at everybody, there's a shark. And so first thing Cody's gone. And then I told Nani and she was gone. And then the other kid was like, what? really really and he, i was like we're out of here and he's like okay let's go in so we all dug out and went in but we got to shore and then some other guys was pumping up and then we told them and some of them a couple of them went out like kid keanu went back out and one of the guys in this video like lileo he was like oh, i'm just gonna leave it but leave it for the locals to have their lunch out there and i was like <laughs> oh, okay and so todd said the shark was huge like eight feet tiger going underneath his and so that's where we fall it's like right inside there all the time because that wind and light yeah yeah so, they like checking out the foils too they think it might be yeah I, yeah i'm not sure what's, what was going on but it's scary and i got a big gash on my foot from the foil and i'm like oh i hope it wasn't because of me like like all the blood but i don't think so but it's pretty nuts yeah, pretty crazy. <clears throat>
I yeah. wish I had a bigger board. <laughs> I, could, I could stay on the board. But like, again, like I was like when, like when Jed was talking about his 90 liter board and whatnot, I think for like guys that do it in the lake, their boards need to be thicker than the guys here, like in Hawaii, because again, I think the salt water and fresh water is different. Like when I used to go surfing in California, I took my regular board from Hawaii up and I was like, oh my God, I can't even surf. I can't even stand on this board. It's sinking. So you, with the California water, mainland water, the, it, you sink a lot. Whereas like here in, in Hawaii, we can go with the less that small leaderboard. So everybody in the world, they chip out like, how do you guys ride that thing? You know, it's because our water, like the salt water, it has more flotation. Yeah, that's the thing. And I don't think people would understand that until you come here. You can feel it, right, Jed? When you got yeah. here. Oh, yeah. I, I just, I, Kahala is a great spot. I've, I've been watching yeah. your videos, Robert, for, again, last eight months or so. Because when I started, I got a wing foil set up about eight months ago. And I just went all in and watching these videos. And I see that they're at Kahala. And I emailed you and said, where are you at? So when I first got to Hawaii a couple of weeks ago, when I showed up, I, I think I met Daniel the first day and he was super friendly, total aloha the whole way, gave me his cell phone number and he's texting me every morning. Okay, we're going to go out. You got a great spot. And then the one day you said we were going over to, to Diamond Head and that's actually where I think I'm in yeah. some of this video around 33 minutes. And that was just a great experience over Diamond Head. That's nice wind over there and good waves. Yeah. And that here's Nani. She, she was also out at Diamond Head with you guys, but... I'm, I'm pretty impressed by Nani. I guess she could kite surf before she started wing foiling, but Daniel, you helped her um, teach her, right? Wing foiling. I did from prone foiling to winging. And she pretty much learned to wing foil on a pretty small board. She never really started on a big board, right? No, she hated the big boards. And so like she had a small Armstrong board that she bought from a friend and I let her use one of my wings, which is a four meter ozone. And Surprisingly, that one never popped, never had bladder issues. It's that one's pretty solid, but she's been using that and she pretty much is taking off. Like we got a like a good group of girls at Kahala that's pretty much ripping Nani and Kaori and then Tati's coming over from Kailua now and she's ripping. That's the three girls that's just gonna be pushing each other. I don't see any other girls on this island as good as probably Kaori. And Tati's coming up and Nani is just, she finally got foot straps today. Oh, yeah. See how she does with the jumping. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and something I, yeah, something I wanted to just mention to women too. Sometimes women think that you need a lot of upper body strength and whatever no. and that they're disadvantaged, but it's really more about finesse. And, and if, finesse. if I think a lot yeah. of times, if anything, women are probably more, more balanced and coordinated than guys in a lot of ways for like for her to be able to do this already after only two months or whatever, is pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. Totally agree. I, I gotta say watching like the ones who get really good, the ones who want it, they put the time out in the water and it's not one hour and then go in. They're out there like Cody, I watch her and she's out there like three, four hours and probably more than anybody else i know she'll probably do two hours go in and her and jason will go have lunch and and drink and rest and then go right back out that's the only way you get better is the more time you put in it and unfortunately some of us gotta work 
Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. But um, but I seen Cody today, like launching off of some waves, going pretty high with her jumps, and I never seen a girl do that. Maybe like in Maui or like on Instagram, but live, I was like, oh, pretty impressive. She's jumping pretty high from flat water to jumping off waves, and she's getting pretty high. And I was like, wow, she's getting good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun to see. We don't have any uh, women that are, are uh, winging in Buffalo. I was trying to get my daughters to do it today, but they weren't buying it. So this this is uh, up at Diamond Head. So that's I've got that Cabrina kite there. That's um, you right there, Jed. Yeah, that hand wing, and uh, that's got the floppy handles. But I put an Armstrong bar between it, which tightened it up a little bit. But if you said, is that my favorite program? I would say probably not just because it's just a little bit loose. But the handles have a rigid part in the middle, right? So they're stiff in the middle, but then the connection between the, the strut and the handle itself is that's where the looseness comes from, or I've never tried well, it. It's so actually two, it's two long handles. That's a Cabrina X2. It's yeah. got a long handle. It's about, I don't know, 14 inches in the front and just two little webbing straps holding it in. And then there's a, a separated area about four inches and another one. So what yeah, I did is I, far apart to it. Yeah. I took the Armstrong bar, though, and put it between the two to try to tighten it up, which helped a little bit. But still, I don't think it's the optimal arrangement. I actually really like the, the slick situation with the mini boom. I would really rather have more stability, a stiffer program. I know it's not as good to flag out, that's for sure. But for like foiling tacks and pumping up onto the wave or getting foiling, I like that. But I'm getting more into the wave stuff. So I'll be back in Hawaii in a couple of weeks. So we'll see how that how I can get that to work. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I tried a prototype of the slick and obviously as a windsurfer, I love having that rigid boom. But I did find that too, like when you luff it, it doesn't like the profile doesn't it doesn't luff very well. It stays rigid. It has this really rigid, stiff profile. So even when you luff it, it's like a really thick kind of heavy wing and, and it doesn't really totally depower, right? It doesn't feel, it still feels like it has pull on it even when it's luffed it somehow, yeah? Is that how you feel about it too? Yeah, no, I do feel that way. And again, everything's a give and take. So for my situation, because I, we do get waves, but it's got to be super windy. They're wind-driven waves and they don't have a lot of push behind them. On Lake Ontario, they're a little better than Lake Erie. But in general, I just don't have sets coming through like you folks do. So the majority of the time, 80% of the time, let's say, I would rather have better low end, stiffer, better to come around on a foiling tack, everything's stable versus a lighter type scenario. But I would be interested in knowing which one, which what hand wing do you guys think flags out the best? Which one floats behind you the best, guys? For me, it's, it's hard to say. I tried a lot of different wings and some are, you always have a compromise. And a lot of people think, oh, I just need this wing or I need that equipment and this and that. But a lot of times, I think the current generation of wings are all pretty good. It's not like there, there's some, I don't think any of the bigger brand name wings are, there's any bad ones really. It's just, they have different things that they're good at and different things they're not as good at. For us riding waves, yeah, we like a wing that handles really well when it's luffing. And um, yeah. I don't know. I think all the ones we use are more oriented towards that. The Ozone, sure. the Armstrong, the PPC wing that I'm using and the Ensis. I don't know. Which one do you think is the best, Jeff? You've tried a lot um, of them too. I think I agree with you. They're all really good, except 
just recently using that INSYS score, that one kind of stands out now just because it, just getting it into that position is so quick and easy. Like when I was using the first INSYS wing, sometimes when I put it back, it would dip and flip over and then you got to flip it back. But this one, it, you push it back there and it just instantly goes into the perfect spot and it feels effortless. So that's, so far, that's the best one I felt in terms of getting it back there for flag. And it just stays there. Doesn't, you don't even really know it's there. And you can, like that one and the F1, you can actually let go of it and just hold it by the leash. I guess they call it walking the dog. And it'll just park up there without even holding the handle. I think for me, those are the best two ones I found, especially that new Ensis. I'm really liking that one. Yeah. And that's, I think that happens with a lot of wings, especially if you're going fast um, and a little bit upwind on the, going upwind on the wave, if you let go of it, sometimes it still has kind of power in it and then it tends to want to, yeah, like you said, like the, the leading edge wants to dip down and you yeah. almost have to force it into neutral. So yeah, that, that's cool. That's good yeah, to know. Like a lot of the wings, I'd have to let it go back and then pull it forward so the air feels under it. So then the front wouldn't dip. If you have to do that backward forward thing, but yeah. this one, you just throw it back there and it's instantly perfect. It's Yesterday pretty... I was talking to Eddie and he said that the PPC wing, which kind of has a real nice neutral hand, handling and it stays level by itself. But he was saying he was having a hard time tacking it because when he puts it over his head, it just flies level and it's harder to make it switch from one side to the other side. So I was telling him, yeah, I push it over in the tack so it goes, I push it over to the other side so it doesn't get parked in that flat position because once it's in that flat position it's really hard to get it back out of it somehow yeah i thought that ppc wing was really nice actually it was well balanced it flew really well yeah like you said I, they're all really good now this second generation of wings yeah the old duotone the older duotones they definitely like the first uh, wing foil that i had i had to pretty much always hold the handle because if i held the front handle it would just start flip-flopping and then just flip over uh, on the wave. So that was like a totally different style of winging, but it still worked. That's not like it was terrible. And, and that one actually um, was really good for tacking because it would just tick tock over by itself almost. Like it had so much V in it that it, it just wanted to flip over from one side to the other by itself. You didn't have to push it at all. It just did it by itself. So how long ago do you think that was that you were still riding that thing? It wasn't that long ago, right? Like a year ago, yeah. Last year, oh, last summer, long. I think is when I got the Echo. Yeah, last summer. And then when did you start riding the PPC? The PPC, I got the first one in early this year. I think, yeah, 2021. Yeah, yeah. Just within a year, it's your sailing has evolved a lot from holding the front of the Dewtone till now, you're doing a lot of things differently, the PPC, and then you're trying the Flockers and all that. Yeah, definitely having a wing that handles well makes a difference, especially if, you get, if you're getting more advanced. But I would say for a lot of people, don't obsess over having the perfect gear because <laughs> it's more about your, the time on the water and get practicing and, and just getting used to it and making making the most of it. Every Everything's going to have some pluses and some minuses. Like, it's hard to have everything in one wing, like a wing that's better in the waves might not be as powerful or might not go upwind as well or whatever for flat water and so on. I think that's where a wing like the that Duotone Slick is a really good flat water wing. It's powerful, it's 
compact. It's good for like kind of flat water going back and forth and going fast and stuff, but maybe not as good in the waves. And I think that's where Duotone, they have that slick for those kind of conditions. And then they have Echo, which is more of a wave riding wing. It's what Ken Winner said that he designed the Echo more as, and not the Echo, what's it called? The, the other one? Jason, you had that one, the unit, right? Unit, yeah. Unit is more of a wave wing, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think Jed hit it on the head. If you're not having fun, if your equipment's holding you back from having fun, then it's not happening. So that's a primary thing in terms of buying equipment. You got to buy what's right for you, where you sail and be realistic so that right. you're on foil, like Jed was saying, and you're actually having, that's what it's all about, having fun. Yeah, I, I had a friend actually here in Buffalo. I started on a Go Foil Maliko 280. Because again, I'm like 220 pounds, six five. I'm athletic and I'm fit, but I wanted to make it as easy as possible. And I got out on that thing, and the first day I went out, I was foiling, going back and forth. I was almost foiling through turns the first day on that Maliko 280. And a friend of mine, who's actually a very competent kite foiler, I mean, he's an excellent kite foiler. He was on Moses kite foil equipment. He went like right to the 99 liter Armstrong with an 1850 HS. And he farted around in the water and got dragged and he didn't have a good experience at all. It took him probably four months where I pretty much got right on. And I would say our skill sets were very similar, but he didn't start with big enough gear. And I think it wasn't as much fun. Now he's doing pretty good, but he, he like, he went to that V tail right away. And I, I don't think he should have gone to it because he was out the other day and he couldn't get up on foil and the V-tail doesn't have as much square surface area. So if you're pumping, it's not going to pump as well as the 300. So I think you really got to look at your conditions for sure. Yeah, that's a good point. I think yeah. you shouldn't worry too much as a beginner about buying the advanced. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to outgrow my gear too quickly. So I'm going to get more advanced stuff. And then, but like you said, like a lot of times it just leads to struggling. But on the other end, there's people like Nani, who's who started on a small board and got some good instructions from Daniel, but she never really had to use a bigger board. So she figured it out right away from the start on, on a small board with a smaller foil. So that's pretty impressive. But she also has a background in kiting and water sports background. Yeah. Yeah. She's been kiting, I don't know, for how many years, probably like 10 years or so. And now she don't even do it anymore. She just wings like yeah. three sessions a day. I'm like, you're nuts. <laughs> so, so Daniel, um, when you first started, I think I remember going out in Kailua with you and yep. a few other guys that were just starting and uh, do, we were practicing on the beach and stuff like that. And you had this huge stand-up paddle board. <laughs> it was a, it was a seven, seven, eight, like a stand-up paddle board with a foil box in it. And I had to yeah. drag that thing. What is that from like the kite area all the way back up to the boat ramp, probably like a mile, over a mile. And I, I had a lift wing, which is like a lift 200 surf. And that thing couldn't lift that thing at all with a four meter wing. And I'm like, so what you guys was just talking about, I think you got to go big or like they say, go home because <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> so everybody who starts, I like, go big and they're like no 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 go big everything big foil big board big wing and that's the easiest way for you to you know pretty much get up on foil and, and you learn faster you progress learn faster, faster. yeah 
Yeah. So like it took me one month because I went lift 200 surf wing, four meter ozone wing and a seven, eight board. And that's not a good combination. It took me one month to get on foil, which I was about to quit. I was mm-hmm. going to quit. I was telling Jason and my other friend, David, and they were like, don't quit. And I was like, I, I think I'm going to quit. And sure enough, our other friend, David, he quit. <laughs> but <laughs> other friend, Mike, that's in the in Florida, we stuck it out and we're still doing it. And just because like, just us being together, like with Robert and Jeff and Derek and Todd and all these other handful of guys that we wing with, we just, now we're just pushing each other. We just stick it out and just try to progress from there. Yeah. So. No, it's definitely fun to go out with friends because yeah, like whenever we go out together, we push each other and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah. then and sometimes then- actually I find that I actually have really good sessions when I don't have that pressure to like when there's no one else out, I'm just by myself and nobody's watching. Yeah. And for some reason I wing better when, <laughs> when I don't have that pressure of trying to and, show off or whatever. And then there's another guy in this video, the guy, Danny Tamante, he had an orange uh, F1, but he's been really doing really good too. And he's like in his fifties and he's, he's been coming along like really well, like tacking and jumping, like, he's just so into winging now like he's hooked that's all he wants to do is just wing like i barely even see him stand up foil anymore and he's a really good um, stand-up foiler he's a legend like he started like before me like stand like foiling and i asked him about it back in the day and it was hard and he said no it's easy and so i was like okay i think i better try it but yeah, he's he's got really good. Like he's busting like airs off waves too, like going high. So yeah, he loves jumping. Yeah, he loves jumping. But just now that was Eddie and Mario coming in perfectly at the end of their session. So that was a good one to to watch if you want to come in at that spot. <laughs> Kahala coming over the, the reef. You gotta know exactly where to go and where not to go. <laughs> More importantly. All right, that was all the footage we got. You guys have anything else to add? Any tips for learning beginner, the people getting into the sport? The one thing I would say is you really can't be too old. We got a guy here in Buffalo. This guy is as hard as nails, man. He's tough guy. He's a construction guy. He's 72 years old and he was a kite foiler. So he had foiling experience, but he switched over and he's getting dragged all around. And every day he comes in with a smile on his face and, and he just can't be happy any happier learning something new and I think that's going throughout our group here you learn something new you get a challenge you try to go further you get a challenge and that's so rewarding when you're together with your buddies and cruising along above the water with no sound and no friction it's actually easier on your body so I I think that's the greatest thing about it you don't have to be super fit you have to be dedicated and tenacious but the end result if you stick with it is great yeah yeah, I would say no matter how frustrated you are, just keep going. Don't give up. Like in the end, it's rewarding. I think also just uh, like Jason said, just keep going. But main thing, just try to be safe. Sometimes it's pretty scary. Like I said, I slipped my toe the other day from the foil and just got out. And I didn't know it was that big, but it, it slid it right open. But just try to be safe and and. Try not to go out by yourself, like try to be with a couple guys or another guy because it can get dangerous. Was that from your V-tail? 
No, that was just from, I don't know what part of the tail, but I, I was using the flat tail and I just, I, what I'm thinking is when I fell, cause the wind was light with a shorter leash, which is only like a four feet, it tends to sling back at you. And so it's, it, it pulled back quick on the water when I came up and it sliced my foot. Mm. I'm thinking um, <clears throat> I might have to um, start getting a longer leash. I had one before, but I just changed to a four foot leash. But I think four foot is too short. Yeah, that's what I like about the retracting leash yeah. is that your board just stays away from you until you want it back again. Yeah, so I'm looking at that too, looking into that, like um, trying to get a long, maybe go to back to a longer leash, at least a six foot, because I think the four foot is just too short. It always comes back at me real quick or it'll come back, but then the board will flip upside down because the it just it's whipping back. So the board will just spin upside down and the foil will be in the air because it, it don't have enough drag yeah that's like, dangerous for your wing right yeah. yeah for my wing and when i come up i see it like coming at me too sometime so kind of um, i think i might change leash for sure Jeff, yeah, I guess if some of you are sitting and watching this video and you haven't even started winging and where you're thinking about getting into it there's a bunch of us who do lessons daniel does lessons danny does lessons and we've seen the progression of how people learn so if you can find someone to help you that's very helpful they don't have to be a professional instructor you can find one that's great but if you don't have one in your area find a experienced winger and because there's certain safety things about winging that you need to learn and then make your experience a lot more fun and then faster, a faster learning curve if you get good instruction. Because like you could like when Rob and I first <laughs> tried to wing, we the first thing we did was a five mile downwinder. We figured it out along the way, but that's not really the way to do it. Cause you know, you can get stuck out there or you the wing can your board can flip over and puncture the wing and then you're stranding. So there's things like self-rescue leashes and all these safety things that you need to learn. So yeah, find someone who you think is competent at your beach and ask if they can give you some pointers and then get the proper equipment. Like Jed was saying, you might need some bigger equipment. And then you can also do things like learn on a, a SUP board, just get a SUP board and just practice wing handling on that. You don't even need to have the foil and then incorporate the foil later. Yeah, so getting some kind of advice is very helpful. If you cannot do that, then Rob has a whole bunch of really good videos that he's posted. And there's other good videos online about how to wing. There's a whole series by Ozone. There's other guy, Gunnar, he also has a bunch. But if you just go on YouTube and search how to wing, you'll be surprised how much stuff pops up. But spend some time um, investigating and researching that and learning before you go out. And, and then, yeah, I'm sure whatever you do when you get out there, you'll, I guarantee you'll have a good time if you you know, take it the proper steps, you know, one at a time. So it's very addicting and it's, it's also rewarding at the same time. Yeah. Damien, Leroy, those guys are doing some really good videos too, instructional videos online. So yeah, there's a lot of good information on YouTube for sure. And yeah, for beginners, what else was I going to say? Yeah, just the take a one step. The Sorry? skateboard, Robert, the skateboard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, I was going to mention that. Try to learn one thing at a time. Don't try to learn foiling and winging at the same time. Basically, you want to learn the wing handling 
separately. Jeff was saying either on a stand-up paddle board with ideally with a dagger board, like an old windsurf board works well because it keeps you upwind better. And then yeah, skateboard boards are great, except that people tend to damage their wings easily. If you drag the wingtip on the asphalt, then it's going to ruin it. But so you want to be careful. That. You want to yeah avoid that for sure. But yeah, it's that's a for me, that's how I learned how to tack basically is on a skateboard. Me too. Figuring out how to tack and, and shift the wing over your head and stuff like that, because you can just take your time and you're not going to come off the foil and stuff like that. And then, yeah, and just practicing a lot on the beach with the wing, just getting used to the wing handling, understanding how to lift up the tip, but keep it, keep the wing pulling you forward without touching the tip on the water, basically. And that's a skill you can learn before you get in the water and save you a lot of falling in and getting back on again. The other thing is going out on the right day. You want 15 miles an hour or 15 to 20 when you first start. Cause if you go out in 10, you're just going to, you're going to float around. And if it's over 20, you're probably going to get blown off the water. Right guys. Yeah. yeah. It's actually funny. Cause the first wing that I got, Duoton only had one three meters size wing available. So I sent it, sent it. And so I had to learn on a three meter wing and could really only go out when it was like blowing 25 knots or something like that, you know, but then it worked fine. It's actually, well, I, I had the opposite situation. I got a six meter ozone wasp and I, again, taking my own advice, there was probably way too much wind. It was about 25 miles an hour with a six meter ozone and a 186 liter easy foil that easy foil that I bought from you, Robert, with a huge front (laughs) wing. And yeah. I mean, I was overfoiling. I was going over the side. I mean, the thing, it was just, it was a mess. But then you learn and then you get a smaller setup and, and you get dialed in. Yeah. And then, yeah, one, one thing that's really cool about wing foiling is that it's just not, it's not as, as aggro as surfing or it's just everyone's welcoming. There's like plenty of room. There's like a lot of places you can go. There's, you can ride waves that other people don't really want to ride anyways, but there's like at Diamond, we just go off to the side where none of the surfers want to go anyways because the waves are too soft over there. But um, it just allows you to yeah, get away from the crowd, like Daniel was saying, and, and you don't have all the, you're not like packed at a point where the wave breaks and everybody's like shimmying to get the perfect spot to catch the wave and so on. It's just more, you get more time on the foil and more time having fun and not stressing about stuff, I think. So it's a great way That's to true. get, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Jason. Yeah, you don't have to paddle. You just catch a wave and you don't have to paddle back out to catch a wave. You just hold on to the wing and get back out and get another wave. And yeah, it's pure enjoyment. You just hear everybody cheering each other on. And Did you guys notice when you're over at Diamond Head and the, all the surfers, the prone surfers are just laying in the water and they're envious and they're looking at you like, geez, man, like I got to paddle for waves and wait for waves and I can't see waves. That That's the thing I just love about it because you can just zip all around. You're really, if it's windy enough, you're never really in the water unless you're doing a trick and fall. We have this good spot here, which is like a foiler's paradise. And it happens in the winter. It's called Kahana Bay. And when that thing is smoking with wind, we get about, and, and good waves, we get about like 60 guys out in that bay of foilers. Awesome. So now... Us wingers started winging. They hate us. Because <laughs> we go way out and come yeah. in like bumps. And I get like Texas like messages. Good to see you out there, but I hope next time it rains. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'm like, well, 
we just, we get like, I told my friend, you should try winging. And he said, no, I don't like it. And I said, okay, I'm just going to catch 20 waves to your waves at Kahana. He's like, no, you're not. And I'm like, okay. So I showed him, I'm going to catch so much waves. You'll probably only catch three for your whole two hours. So yeah, I mean, yeah. that spot too, because it's blowing onshore. So it's really hard to paddle back out. Yeah, it takes a long time yep. to get all the way back yeah. to the outside when you're paddling. And, yeah. And even and pumping out is hard too because you're pumping into the wind. Yeah. So it's so hard. Yeah. Like exactly. So when we get like people like us wingers from the South Shore and then the North Shore guys come down and we meet up at Kahana and we're winging around like all the foilers <laughs> with big smiles on our face. I'm like, yippee. It's a big day. Yeah, just go off. Yeah. John, any last words? Appreciate your stoke there. Thanks for including me, Robert. Aloha. Thanks for joining us. Can't wait for you to come back in August. Thanks, Daniel. You guys are so welcoming. It was just, I had the greatest time. And again, I I just met you guys a couple weeks ago. Robert and I have been going back and forth, but. sharing the stoke yeah. and being on the waves with you has just been amazing i just had a great time so thanks for your yeah, aloha you, i appreciate yeah, it yeah you did you did yeah. super good i was amazed how you you like switching stance and whatnot i'm like i can't even do that like i should be <laughs> practicing uh, it's so I'm, I'm sure you could but again we don't have the waves so we, we do yeah. different stuff i was funny yeah. i was talking to one last little tip here I was um, actually learning how to go with my feet right next to each other, like my shoulder, my feet underneath my shoulders. So that helps you get your fore and aft foiling and your side to side foiling. And it kind of makes just everything a lot easier in terms of switching feet. And I, I may be telling you guys something you, you already know, but for folks out there who are just going from foiling to jibing to learning how to tack, that's a great way to get your balance in order and to keep your feet together and actually go through the jibe both ways with your feet right next to each other, right underneath your body. And it, it's a great way to learn and then you switch your feet. Yeah, here, I think here on Oahu, like, there's only like a, a handful of guys that can switch. Um, one of them is Jeff. Is, I think Zach and Glenel can too, Jeff. But it's so hard. Like, the rest of us, we don't even want to try. Like, I tried and I almost eat my, I eat my foil and I'm like, I'm over this. Yeah, it's not, uh, it's so hard. Well, I think you have to learn it on a bigger, more stable board where you can touch down and switch your feet. And I, I, I've, I, I did it one time, like on a six, six O and a bigger, wider stand-up paddleboard, and I could do it at like Hawaii Kai and flat water. But then on a smaller board, I was just like, yeah, it's, it's like impossible. <laughs> so yeah, I yeah. gave up on it again. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the kiting background. So that's why Zach and Glenn out switch and I switch, but. Do it, for those of you out there, we have this Oahu wing foilers group. It's a WhatsApp chat group. And there's some hilarious back and forth going on over there, as well as some awesome videos and photos being posted. But the one recurring one that comes up is switch. And there's basically the prone foilers are, they pretty much don't switch because they're used to just staying in one stance. And then the kiters, like they're pretty used to switching from kiting. And then, so the topic will come up, switch. And Derek's the most notorious. He goes, what? No need switch. And then Zach and Glenn will pop in. Well, what's so hard about switching? So is it recurring? Just so you guys know, it, it pops up every so often. We get this switch controversy popping up on our chat group. So it's not only on this talk here, but 
it's on that chat group and in the whole community on Oahu, it's interesting. I've noticed. Yeah. No need to switch, right? I gotta say, like mm -hmm. switching is switching. It, I see the pros and cons of it. If you switch and you're going out to a wave, you better make sure you're switching back to your regular stance because you're not gonna surf that wave in a switch stance. You know, That's what I do. Be yeah. hard. So yeah. you better make sure you're on your game because when that wave is coming down, you don't want to be stuck, like getting mauled by that whitewash with your wing. And I can see, so that's why I can see like Derek's part is don't need to switch because you're just going right into the wave on your good stance. But in the, on the other hand, like Glenel and Zach, where they talk about switching, I and as I look and I see Jed and Jeff and Zach and Glenel, like when we're out, I see them like sheeting up wind so hard and I'm like, on my toe side, I'm like, and I'm losing ground. And I'm like, I wish I knew how to switch because you guys just pull up like way ahead of us. And it's, ah, oh, it's not fair. I got to learn that, but it's so hard. Like, I just don't want to put a trigger and even practice it. So, yeah, the only time I actually do it is just if I get blown way downwind and I have to go way back up wind again. Or if we're going out at Diamond Head, then you can just go way out and one tack switch and go all the way up to the break. So that's the only time I ever switch because you're right, Daniel. If you once you tap finish your tack, you gotta jump your feet and then go back out. So you mm -hmm. gotta make that jump yeah. basically. While right, you're up. Yeah, if there's waves right before the wave, yeah. that's yeah. sketchy. But yeah, I see Jeff, he goes way out to see like the whales. And I'm like, oh my God. Then he starts coming back in like on his switch stand side and is sheeting in like hard. And I'm like, oh man, like even getting up. Sometimes I used to see him just get up on his switch side, which is pulling him like almost on sh like straight into with the wave and getting up with the wave. It just makes you get up on foil easier. And so I'm like, oh man, I wish I knew how to switch, but it's just, I don't know. I don't want to put a trigger. I got to stick with Derek and more to you, Derek. I ain't switching. <laughs> no need. Yeah. No need. It's so yeah. hard. I give you guys credit for switching though. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. And I just wanted to say, Jed, too, the reason why I invited you is because you like your stoke level is so high. I mean, that you get up at three in the morning to, to be <laughs> with on a Zoom call with us and, and just like emailing me like five times a day about your new board and whatever. Clearly, Thanks, you're very, very excited about wing footing. It's, it's yeah. cool to have that kind of stoke, it, stoke level. <laughs> just great to be with people who share passion for being outside, getting exercise, getting those endorphins going. I totally like Damian Leroy because he he talks about a lot of fun stuff like getting out there show the share the stoke uh, aloha treat others the way you want to be treated get through life and and have a good time while you're doing it because you're only going to do it once so I think we're all together on that one yeah all right I think that's a good note to, to end it up on thank thank you everyone for watching the video and uh Aloha. We'll see you next Aloha. time. We'll have to do this yeah, again. Thanks, everybody. Next time we have some good footage, we'll, we'll show it again. Thanks, thanks guys. Thanks, Aloha. everybody. See you guys, guys on the water. Have a thanks. good night, Yeah, guys. for sure. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. -bye. Bye.